common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Uh, and now we have, uh, who do we have? Andrew Ryan, uh, Citizens Budget Commission. Uh, we called Andrew today because we don't know what the heck is going on. What is the real numbers? Andrew Ryan, you're in charge of the Citizens Budget Commission. What is the real numbers? Are we, how far underwater are we? Uh, are we cutting the cops or not cutting the cops? Uh, tell me, tell all citizens the truth. So thanks for thanks for having me. And yes, we try to get down to the bottom of the numbers because at least we should be having an honest conversation. And the honest conversation is that New York City's fiscal problems are huge. They are a little under or a little around half due to the migrant crisis, but half of our own making over years. Think about it. Over the last seven years, we have increased spending. The city-funded portion, you know, the come. The, the amount that comes directly out of our tax dollars, we increased over seven years $30 billion or 36% between 2017 and 2024. We've increased programs. We signed labor contracts. Listen, reasonable raises, but without a plan to pay for them, without any concessions of work rules, changes of work rules and job titles to figure out how to run efficiently. So that drives up a budget gap next year, you know, the one that the mayor has to propose in two months, that on paper is $7.1 billion. So that's pretty big, no matter how you slice it. But that's only part of the story. And half of 500,000 people have moved out of New York? We had around 400,000 during the pandemic leave New York. And there's questions about some of these data. Around 400,000, some of them have returned, but by and large, they have they have not. Now there's always people coming and going, but our population loss, which frankly started in 2017, accelerated during the pandemic. We've seen a little return. It's one of the biggest threats to New York. You cannot have a future of a prosperous city if people don't live here. And frankly, it's crossed economic lines. It's crossed demographic lines. New York is being a challenge. So we have this budget gap now on paper, $7.1 billion. But when you add up you know, other problems that are kind of hidden, we actually grew programs because with COVID aid, which goes away soon, and with the Wall Street boom years of 21, we increased another two and a half billion dollars of programs that are going to the funding of which disappears, and we under budgeted another one point one billion. So what the mayor is confronting next year on paper is seven point one billion, but really it might be as large as ten and a half billion dollars, and that's a lot. He's starting to confront it, but it is a challenge. Uh, and uh, well, we got three, four hundred, five hundred thousand. I heard in some places are left. But their apartments might still be here, some of them, because they want to come back someday, but maybe they're out of town for 181, no, 186 days a year. Um, the, the migrant crisis, how bad is it? How much is it really costing? And the, the, the other thing, the other crisis is the crime crisis. I know I was on Fox today talking about it, uh, is how bad is the crime? The police are not really making arrests. So when politicians walk around saying crime is down, that's not true. 
So let's start with the migrant crisis. Migrant crisis is real. We've had over 120,000 people come into New York City. There's always some, but we've had over 120,000 in the last year and a half. 65,000 are still in the city's care. We're t- we're talking for the current year, the mayor projects the spending will be $4.7 billion. And, you know, states chipped in a, bil- a billion, feds have chipped in $145 million, but it's really been on the city. And that's their projection for the current year. Their proje- city's projection goes next year to $6.1 billion, with, you know, with the state, you know, chipping in some. But here, there's been some questions about those numbers. And this is pretty hard to predict both the number of people and trying to constrain how much we're spending on these people because there is a wide suite of services. In fact, in the mayor's last directive to save money, he said, we need to bring down those costs 20%. He's right, because if we're going to be shaving the budget in different places and there are efficiencies, we can find there are ways to protect services, but if we're going to do that, we have to include what we're spending on the migrants. But the bottom line is, even if the numbers come down, and even if the feds pick up more of a share, which they should, we still have a fiscal problem to contend with. And some people are saying, oh, well, we don't know about the mayor's migrant numbers. And listen, I think they're a good starting place. We don't know exact. But some people are saying, there, since we don't know all the details of that, there is no fiscal problem. That is not the truth. There's a fiscal problem of our own making, which is already huge, exacerbated, maybe even doubled by the migrant crisis. Andrew, it's Richard Weinberg. Is- as you know, under the New York City Charter, the obligation is to have a balanced budget. You cannot deficit spend as a city. Correct, correct, which is why, um, which is why we have some reserves, but which is why the mayor is saying, and he's right, that we should be doing multiple rounds of savings. The question is, are we, do we have the capacity to do them right? Are we doing them right? The first round has been proposed and we're combing through it. Listen, there's still some low-hanging fruit. There are vacant positions. We need to hire in some places, but other places it's okay. So we're reducing vacant positions. There's also seats for early childhood education. Now, some are saying, oh, those seats should be filled. But the truth is those seats aren't filled now. And the mayor is saying, why budget for seats that kids aren't in? Let's budget for kids when they're in seats. So there is some still some low-hanging fruit, but we're starting to hit into services. And as, um, as you mentioned, um, the, we're talking about um, eliminating five police classes and letting the police officers a trip down. The question on that very specifically is, can we still protect the public with a reduced force? And one of the keys to this, and the mayor has spoken at times about this, but not recently um, that I've heard, is are there still officers doing civilian jobs like we've seen in the old days and at times? Can we get them from behind desks to actually preventing and reducing crime? That is going to be one of the keys to success if that actually comes to fruition. Somebody out there has to be tough, and the mayor has to take a tough attitude at it. Uh, Two uh, more questions. Uh, The MTA. Uh, The the fare jumping is more than ever. And they were, they're looking for congestion pricing to put another nail in the coffin for Manhattan uh, to, to make up that fair uh, jumping. I mean, and, and crazy. Well, well what's... The fare jumping, um, fare beating, it's not just jumping. People, it's a lot on buses and people are walking through the, um, security gates. The reality is it increased from 200 million, roughly 200 million a year before the pandemic to it's over 700 million now. That's a $500 million hit. Now the MTA is taking some steps 
we hope they're successful. We're still concerned, especially on the buses, which are very hard um, to do. But this is literally, we're losing a, the same amount of money as two rounds of fare increases. The MTA is attacking this. We need them to be successful. And people who are thinking that they shouldn't be attacking this are wrong. Listen, we have a fair fares program for low-income people because it is an affordability challenge for some. We need to make sure that program works, but we, everyone has to be paying their share for all different services, especially for the MTA. Now, congestion pricing is a different part of the budget. It's for the capital infrastructure. And listen, the MTA, everyone knows, has huge capital needs. They put out a needs assessment, which is um, – stunning when you look at some of the challenges of, of the system, whether it be rolling stock tracks or even the, the yards where people don't look, which is usually the stuff that people don't, it's not sexy, people don't pay attention to. The NTA has real capital needs and the future of New York depends on making sure that that infrastructure is in a state of good repair or we'll see breakdowns and then we'll all be shot because we can't get to work and can't live our lives. Andrew, we have to take a hard break, but this deserves more attention this, this deserves more uh, discussion, and I look forward to talking to you more. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. Thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.